0: Welcome to The Unapologetic Woman. I'm your host, Pyle Berry. With over a decade of a blended experience in clinical psychology and global leadership development, I've dedicated my career and life purpose to empower women to believe I deserve a seat at the table and it's about damn time. But how do you create synergy between who you are and how you lead? On this podcast, we address that inner critic holding you back, release narratives that no longer serve you, and explore how to use your leadership platform to make an impact around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Simply put, I cut out the bullshit. I'm here to share inspiration, practical tips, and have challenging conversations with other badass individuals who are shifting the narrative for all women. So let's stop apologizing for who we are and rise together as the unapologetic woman. This podcast is a Soulfire production. Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Unapologetic Woman. I am so excited for you to join me today on this episode. I am really excited about today's topic because I see it all the time. I see it with my clients. I have conversations around it, and I felt that it was so important to share this with you. And it's about the mistakes to avoid when you're starting to build a team for the first time in your business. And what an exciting moment too, right? Like, let's just, let's just take a moment here and acknowledge that, that you've either just hired your first employee or you're about to. And what in the world, like, oh my God, that is an out of body experience, isn't it? It's just like, hold on a second. I need to pause here and just say, did I just did I just hire somebody like not as a contractor even, but literally as an employee, like this is someone who's going to work for my business. They're going to report to me, holy crap, this is really happening. And it feels like you've made it like your business is thriving. You're doing well to the point that you've now started to need support so that you can continue to grow. That is huge. And that is such an accomplishment. Just think about all that time and investment and everything that you've done to make your business to the place where it is today. But with that, it's you're overwhelmed. You're feeling like, oh my gosh, I need some support. I need some help. And you bring somebody on and then it sinks in that. Oh, wait, hold on. There's somebody reporting to me. What? Like this means that The decisions I make in my business now are not just about me or trying to wing it and supporting just me and my family, but I am now responsible for somebody else's livelihood. Like they are, yes, they're coming to work for my business, but they're also trusting me to keep the business growing so that they have a job. So the pressure feels like it's on, doesn't it? And this is exactly where then, a lot of times people become reactive and they start just making decisions in the moment. They start just basing it off of impulse. And it's totally natural because whenever we're in a new place or a new state of being, it's only natural to start freaking out a little bit, to have that flight or fight syndrome and worry. And we wanna go immediately to the technical, to the tactical stuff. So I wanna give you, Three particular mistakes that are so common, and I want to make sure that you avoid it as you're starting to hire and build a team. So, mistake number one when you're hiring somebody and you're focusing purely on the role and specific skill set versus the actual person. Now, of course, you know, you you do want to make sure that this person has the exact skill sets for that job description that you need for, you know, the support that you need to make sure that, you know, they can take care of it. They can take charge and they can just come in and hit the ground running for sure. But when you focus on just the skills you need and you're looking at them from a technical perspective, you might actually miss out on getting to know who they are as a person, and that will be a huge indicator if they'll be a good culture fit and add value to the dynamic or do they bring down the energy that might actually create more obstacles and challenges. So when you're interviewing somebody and you're just like, check, 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 oh my God, they meet the qualifications, they've got exactly what I need, bring them on. What you're doing right there and alarm should be going off is that, oh, wait a second, are they actually going to get along with the other people that are on my team? Do they complement the role and the other individuals? Are they going to be a good collaborator? Do our personalities get along? Culture fit makes a big difference. So think about it. You know, how many times have you looked at a position when you used to have a job, you know, pre-business ownership and thought, oh, wow, like I can totally do this role is perfect for me. Then you talk to the hiring manager and you get to know the company and realize, oh, hell no, I will never be working there and this does not fit my values. Well, same thing, except now you're the hiring manager and you want to bring on the right person and the right person means that they have those skill sets and they also may have other interests that you could leverage, you know, beyond the technical skills And you want to think about that because, A, that helps them know that, oh, okay well, yeah, I love writing or I'm, you know, they're really great with social media, for example. And you're a small company, you know, you've you've only hired on your first or second or third employee. And so now you're like, well, how can I leverage because we are very lean? So here are some opportunities for you to get to know what they can really do. And of course, there's so much more that goes on into like interviewing well, hiring well. But this is one specific area that you really want to think about is the person. Because you may get somebody who is just so different in their values than you that it may actually cost you more time to train them and to sit with them or to keep course correcting than it will have if you had looked at them for the full person that they are. So that's number one, that you want to make sure that you are looking at the actual holistic person versus just the pure technical skills. Now, mistake number two is not being transparent with your team. And think about that with, you know, when you're bringing and onboarding somebody onto your team or when you have a, you know, a couple of people that work for you and you're having your meetings and you're just telling them that, you know, okay, here's a project and this is what you need to do. Go work on it. They're, they're going to understand the project. They'll do it, but they may not feel connected to it. They may not feel as invested in it because they don't really understand how this is tying to the ultimate goal and vision. So when you are having your meetings, um, you want to make sure that they understand all the time what your overall goals are for your company so they can also begin providing that value and contributing that leads to meeting those goals. So when you are sharing your why with your employees, you're making sure that they're also feeling engaged and will feel invested in how what their particular work is, is tied to the overall mission. And what does that do? It welcomes more ideas. It welcomes more, you know, engagement over like creativity and productivity. And they feel like they've actually contributed something. So every time you have a team meeting, start it with your why. And, you know, obviously this is like Simon Sinek everywhere written all over it about your why, but it works when you talk about your why and start with, you know what, this project is important to um, our clients to get easier access to customized coaching and network with other like-minded peers because our goal is to provide our clients with as many resources that connect them back to their clients. So when your team understands that, oh, I see, so this project that we're working on and everything that we're tying it back to is because we need to support our clients to know and for them to know that you are a one-stop shop for all the resources that they need to support their clients. Once they understand that, then that project will make way more sense to them. And so every time you're having a conversation with them, whether it's in a team meeting, whether it's on a one on one, they're talking about how they're looking to grow in their role. That's where you want to start is okay. So let's sit down. Let's talk about what it is that you want to do and, you know, how you can, can add more value and, you know, contribute. Here is where we are today. This is where we want to go. And these are the missing gaps in the middle, or this is the strategy that we've put in place. How do you see yourself adding value to this? Immediately, you've put it back on them to start thinking about what are my strengths? What are the areas that I love to work around? And so when you're providing transparency, what you're doing is you're telling your team that this isn't just hey, you're doing the work and the labor and I'm gonna reap the benefits and the purpose and joy out of it. It's that we're all going to benefit. We're all going to reap the joy out of seeing something grow and develop. And that is so incredibly exciting. So the more transparent you can be about your values, about your mission, about your goal statements, the more that your team is going to start thinking about everything that they do, every action that they make, is this tied to that overall goal? Does this make sense for where we're going? You're not going to lose them and you're going to be able to trust that they're in complete alignment with you and, if, and for them to know that if they have any questions, they can come to you. So that's mistake number two that you want to avoid. Now, mistake number three is probably one of the hardest. And it is something that, you know, I would say what I do know actually is that 82% of employees ask for this, but only 43% of leaders can actually deliver it. And it's incredibly hard and I get it. And that's why there's so much leadership work around it, but it's so necessary. So let me dive into what this mistake is. Oh, and by the way, I just want to let you know that all of these mistakes too, and these, uh, you know, obstacles you want to make sure that you avoid along with way more, I have like, you know, a whole list of tips and how to overcome them and guides for you are on my website. They're on my, uh, on my link. So make sure you download it. It's It's there for you because I really want to make sure that you avoid these mistakes and make sure to grab those um, worksheets for yourself. So, okay, what is mistake number three? Avoiding honest conversations. This one is really tough because you're still in a vulnerable position as a new leader. And it's really hard to have those hard conversations. I get it. I know it makes you feel tense and you're also worried about how the relationship will be after having the tough conversation it's just easier not to have one you don't want to be the bad guy you know how do you even phrase it how do you say it trust me this is exactly the stuff that we would teach when i was in corporate leading global programs around leadership everyone goes through this it's so common it's very very typical Because you're new, you're vulnerable. You also want to make sure that you're liked. You want to make sure that, you know, that you're not trying to belittle them or anything. And conversations can be really hard. But what this really comes down to and what it really is, is a mental and mindset shift. Because when we talk about those difficult conversations, look, they will never be easy. That's straight up. Like it doesn't matter How it is having to share, you know, difficult feedback is it's always going to be hard. But the thing is that there's a way that you can do it to make it easier on both you and that other person. There's a way to do it in a healthy way that's actually going to create a better and a stronger relationship. Yeah, it's actually possible to do that. So the thing is that it really comes down to communication and the underlying misconceptions or myths behind it, the more we sugarcoat and the more passively we may insinuate a feeling and we may say something around the bush and, you know, just kind of be like, oh, yeah, you know, I, yeah, that was OK, but maybe it's, it's just you're you're just not being clear. And what that does is that it creates more opportunities for miscommunication, for misunderstandings and a lot of mistakes, and nobody is talking. So there's a lot of assumptions being made, and that can create so much resentment, and to be honest, a lot of productivity lost. So the first thing about having honest conversations is changing the misconception in your mind about the style of communication. So for example, being passive or passive-aggressive is you know, I'm going to call it out as avoidant behavior because the fear of what others may think or the tension of disagreement is scarier than the actual conversation. And that's totally true. Like that feelings, it totally overtakes and you can plan and you can prep, but it's how do you manage those emotions? Because when you can place in your mind that Yes, the conversation is going to be hard. It won't be easy on them. It won't be easy on me. But this is, you're doing it with good intention. You're doing it with good reason. And because you genuinely care to see them grow and develop and not make those mistakes over and over again, it's coming from a good place. It's not malice. It's not judgmental. It's genuinely coming from a good place because you care about this person. And you, of course, want to make sure that the business is running well. And the thing is that, and I'm, I'm going to bring this up because I feel very strongly about it, is whenever I hear the phrase over and over again of, oh, well, I'm just not confrontational. Okay, I'm going to say this, and I say this all the time. Nobody is asking you to get into a boxing ring with boxing gloves and punch the daylights out of someone. And by insinuating that having a conversation is confrontational is actually... Putting an aggressive connotation to a healthy dynamic, it pushes people away from having conversations because in their mind, it's they're being confrontational, that they're being aggressive. And now, of course, if you are about to start yelling, if you are about to aggressively blame somebody and start taking in condescending manner and, you know, yeah, nobody needs that energy. You can just sit on back, but also then wonder why your team is not being productive. (laughs) So, all right, I went off on a little bit of a tangent, but to be back on track, when saying you're not confrontational, it's alluding that expressing how you feel or sharing your concern is not as important as making sure there is peace and everyone likes each other. But guess what? And I'm just going to be really honest here. Making sure everyone likes each other is not what's going to make your business run. It may make you run into the ground, but it's not going to make it run. I know I'm being a little sassy here, but I just want to get across the point that conversations are good having healthy conversations and learning how to have those is what's going to help you feel more at rest with it. Because when you have these healthy conversations and you're able to clear the air, oh my God, it relieves so much more stress. It relieves so much more anxiety. It just feels like you got it out there. There isn't any ill will. There isn't any assumptions and you can just talk it out. So How does this happen? And it might come honestly as a surprise, but 65% of your employees want that. And now that the the boxing ring, you know, and all that feedback is like put to the side and you're actually giving them feedback in a way that's constructive and strength-based, they really want to hear it. Now, if you don't do this, it's costing you a 9% turnover. If you don't provide feedback and yeah, 9% may seem small, but just remember that for every person who ends up leaving your business, your team, you're actually going to be paying about 30% of their annual salary in trying to find somebody else and train them and go through everything all over again. So honestly, it's probably just easier to work on that mental mind shift about having those honest conversations. So think of it this way as a boss. well corrected as the unapologetic leader um trusting that having a conversation with empathy and using i statements is key to making those healthy conversations turn into really really positive outcomes and what i mean by that is let's just say that you're about to have a you know difficult conversation someone has been you know uh, just not doing as well as they were producing at one time, or they're just dropping the ball a lot. So you have this conversation with them and you start with an I statement, something like, you know, I've observed that you've been having a difficult time with responding on time with our clients. They're not getting responses to their emails on time. Phone calls aren't being returned back. I just want to check in and see what's going on with you. Is everything okay? Now, as the leader, what you've done is that you've created a safe way to let them know that you recognize that they're struggling, but you want to hear from them first about what may be happening, what's going on through their mind, or how are they approaching something, you know, before making assumptions and judging them or disciplining them when you haven't even figured out what's going on here. What's the root of this? So you may even add on after they have like shared their response and say, so walk me through your approach. Walk me through your day. Tell me about what's happening as, you know, these emails are coming through. What you're doing is you're having them explain themselves again with a place where you're asking more questions and you're getting them to talk about it, think about it. And based on that, you know, and whatever the responses are, and once you've kind of gotten that aha moment of, oh, I see where the struggle is. You might add that, you know, and say to them, you know what? I hear you. I've been there and this happens because I guess what? You probably have in the past. There may be some way that you can relate to them on dropping the ball and what you learn from that as a leader. And when you are vulnerable and when you share a story with them that, hey, I've been there, what it does, is it relaxes them. It makes them more open to receiving your feedback versus you're showing up as this quote unquote perfect. And you know, I don't like the word perfect, but. As quote unquote perfect boss who's never made any mistakes and now you're coming down on them. And of course, you do want to hold them accountable, but you want to relate to them because you want them to be open to receiving your feedback and you want them to be open to working on, you know, whatever that that area is that they need to work on. So you, you know, you've heard everything and you want to say something like, you know what, I hear you, I've been there, and this happens. Let me share a story with you. But Our clients are relying on us just like I rely on you. And we can't let this happen because they'll begin to lose trust in us and that's not okay. So I've seen the hard work you've done. I believe in you. So let's identify what's at the root of this so we can find a solution. We're in this together. Let's figure out a solution so we can really make sure that this doesn't happen again. What you've done here again is you've created an opportunity to acknowledge the failure provide them with empathy, and not judge or be rude. You can hear them out and create a place to have a conversation on what their accountable actions are. And they know that you'll be holding them to these new expectations But because you provided some empathy, that it wasn't with a, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, you didn't do this, which goes into the attacking mode, which goes into the aggressive mode or the passive aggressive mode. What that's doing is that shutting them down. By you talking with empathy and taking the I statement of, I am observing this, or I recognize this is what's happening, I understand you're taking accountability of the fact that this is something that is bothering you, that is concerning you regarding an action that they're making. It is now not a personal attack. It is now purely about the actual action and the behavior that's happening. So what does all of this mean? This means that the more you continue to consciously place effort in your emotional intelligence, self-awareness and plan ahead, You can actually avoid some of these core mistakes that happen when you're starting to build a team. And again, there are going to be mistakes that happen. It's natural. You're building it for the first time. And that's why preparing ahead, planning, creating strategy, and making sure that you are constantly growing in this space of leadership is going to be really important as you begin building. So, if you like these tips, then make sure to download the worksheets and the guides that I have for you that are all free resources and specifically around these different techniques to avoid so that you can actually hire and feel comfortable in your skin and start recognizing how to have a better team dynamics with your growing team. So I hope you really like this today. I would love to hear your feedback. I would love to hear, you know, I'm always open to like your DMs. So make sure that you get follow me on Instagram and and, um, I can hear, you know, what you really have to say and what is it that you're struggling with. I would love to help you, uh, you know, just message back and forth, all of that. But thank you so much for being here today. And I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Thanks for listening to The Unapologetic Woman. If you like what you heard today, then please subscribe so you'll get real-time updates when I post a new episode. And if you really believe that others should be hearing this, then leave a rating or review this episode so others can find it too. And if there's something you'd really love for me to cover or highlight, then head over to my Instagram account at Pileberry, DM me to let me know. I'm all ears. If you want free resources, practical tips, and inspirational stories that I share with my clients, visit pileberry.com and subscribe to my newsletter. You'll get them all. Until then, take a moment to celebrate your journey, reflect, and be ready to embrace your next epiphany.